Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Eating Salads. It's me again, Austin Crosby, coming to you from a fun and frustrating Friday night. The frustrating Friday night that was had around the world. Um, I actually made cookies today with flax seed meal instead of eggs, a vegan alternative. And they were fine. I also used an ice cream scoop to scoop the dough, which was also fine. Took a little bit longer to cook, but they were definitely more uniform. I also made a potato salad with some uh, mushrooms, onion, potatoes. Yeah, it was classic. So that's not really it, though. That's not the main point of the day. We We've been going deep into this Ukraine stuff, trying to connect with our uh, Eastern European mindset and sympathies. So I watched a 2015 University of Chicago international affairs professor talk about the coup in Ukraine and the Crimean occupation and then the future of Ukraine and NATO, but from a 2015 perspective, which I thought was kind of interesting. I think it had been trending or maybe it was the algorithm seeing me watch all this clip stuff about the Ukraine. And the guy made a few extra points. I think that he is, and I should have remembered his name. It was like Michael Shearman or something, Shermanger. Um, he is a bit of an apologist for Russia doing the whole, oh, the Monroe Doctrine, when there was the Cuban Missile Crisis, it was because it was in our backyard. This is Russia's backyard. Yeah, cool. Nice original thought, Boomer. Please sit down. That, I felt, hard. But on the other side of things, there was some uh, interesting polls, maps, and details that were shared. Uh, he highlighted the difference between the eastern and western Ukraine's alliance with Russia based on whether or not they're Russian-speaking or ethnically Russian and how they polled favorability of NATO and the West or uh, independence or whatever. So, or if they wanted to join a Turkey-Russia trade union Chechnya maybe was in there, Belarus, I don't know. That's not here nor there. Um, He did make the point that in Crimea, when they separated, it wasn't an invasion because the Russian troops were already there. I did not realize those, that was, that's a significant detail. It's a significant detail that they leased that land to Russia, if you will, Not so different from how America and uh, Cuba have Guantanamo Bay. So from my thousand-mile understanding of it all. Um, Another interesting detail is that there was that, I think, 2008, Russia invading Georgia. That was not chill. And then also... In uh, 
the very end of the Donald Trump presidency, he did not give Ukraine that military defense aid that had been allotted to them. So food for thought. They did sell them some Javelin missiles, which they've been using handily to uh, destroy Russian stuff. You know, there was that video of the Russian driving over the Ukrainian's car, a la Tiananmen Square. There have been, I've seen a lot of photos of dead bodies, dead Russian bodies pulled out next to their people movers. There were Russians getting captured, a battalion getting captured, surrendering, I guess. There was the base on the Black Sea, the Ukrainian base that got on Snake Island that got destroyed by the Russians. 13 soldiers died. It's pretty crazy, pretty crazy few, couple days. Now, in the midst of all of this, I took to the sauna and I watched Eastern Promises with uh, the Cronenberg movie with Viggo Mortensen. And it was in it in Naomi Watts. Interesting movie. I have my complaints, but it, it, it also has some amazing sequences, too, really. And then the rest of it is kind of flat. But um, my biggest problem, well, there's a twist in the movie. I guess it's from 2007, so I can go ahead and say, uh, and I'll give you the plot, it is... Naomi Watts works at a hospital in London where a young prostitute comes in and dies. Uh, she's pregnant with a baby. She has a diary on her, and Naomi Watts goes to her Russian uncle to try and translate the diary, and he's like, oh, no, this says some terrible stuff in it. I don't want to. She follows a business card and lands in the lap of the Russian mob, um, my first complaint is that there are almost only like three Russian mobsters in this. There's not, there are more mob peripheral people, but one thing that's important with film and television is to give you a sense of scale. And where I can best illustrate this is like Game of Thrones versus The Witcher and Eastern Promises fits on the same spectrum. If you're going to have cronies or, you know, liege lords, etc. You have to have a bunch of them in the background of the shots. You can't just have intimate corner of a great room discussions where there aren't enough extras to imply that you actually have power. And that's maybe not as much of an issue in Eastern Promises. It's somewhere in the middle because there's really only uh, Kirill and... Nikolai and the dad. There's only like three gangsters. And then there are ones that come in from out of town, you know. But I, I just wish there was like three or four more cronies we saw. They, didn't have, they wouldn't have to say much. But I guess this is uh, now almost like a 15-year-old movie. So um, that's one complaint. Anyway, then it starts unwinding this whole thing where the old mob boss is narrowing in on Naomi Watts and Viggo Mortensen is the driver and the muscle, etc. Really the only active gangster of this Russian mob family. And uh, he has sympathies towards her. The other twist comes later in the movie, and I really don't think it was necessary. 
that Viggo Mortensen is an undercover agent trying to subvert this crime family. Um, totally not necessary. They had tried to, by at this point in the movie, that that's revealed. They'd already literally stabbed him in the back and tried to kill him and set him up and betrayed him left and right. And he had already taken his course of action against them as well to show that he was a good man in some regards. You know, he had something redeemable already. He didn't have to also be an agent. You know what I mean? Um, but at one point in the movie, the gay Kirill, there's a whole dynamic, want, like gets self-loathing at Viggo Mortensen's character and forces him to have sex with a prostitute. Basically, to, to it's like a weird reverse rape thing um, that plays also on the tired trope of the sobbing in the act prostitute, which I don't know enough about real-life prostitute stuff, but um, they can't be crying all the time. That can't be part of it. I just don't buy into that. So she's, you know, staring and grimacing and everything. And he's like, where are you? And after everything, he's like, where are you from? And she's like, Ukraine. And he's like, oh, yeah, where at? And she's like a little village just north of Kiev. And, and you're like, wow, crazy. What, how serendipitous. So, um, but it is a good movie. And what else? Yeah, it's watched more like UN, UN security summit stuff, I guess. I don't know what that all is. It's not a summit, but council. And uh, the Russian is the president, you know, of the council. And it was crazy to hear his interpreter on PBS NewsHour, I think it was, I was watching the live feed, was a very overzealous interpreter. She was really giving some flair to the Russian argument that didn't seem to be coming from the dude, the ambassador. So, hmm. Anyway, guys, had uh, tried to play some Tarkov tonight, then we had some technical difficulties with the internet, which really frustrates me because I only played enough to get shot in the side of the head and then my internet took a poop on me. So here I am. Um, please stay safe. Come again tomorrow.